Welcome back to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. We are on part three, the third and final part of our season review, uh, looking exhaustively and uh, exhaustingly at every single <laughs> player to have played a kick the ball in anger um, ju- during this season for Sheffield Wednesday. So we're 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 putting. 2021 2022 in the rearview mirror in some style uh we're on our last batch of 11 players how are you feeling luke good i just want to inject rich that also just to tell the listeners we also will cover players who kick ball kick the ball with other emotions apart from anger yes Mm. ambivalence (laughs) merriment smugness smugness (laughs) incredulity some of them just couldn't believe that it was happening Mainly the little kids that play at half time, but still. And uh, are we going to round off the uh, the cherry on top? We, we, at the end of this episode, we'll also give a grade to Mr. Moore. Indeed, we will. Yes. Mm. And we'll get a full, beautiful picture of Luke's Luke's uh, pedestal, <laughs> the Mount Rushmore of getting a bit better during his football season. That, that Luke is, has been hiding uh, next to his bosom for the for low of these last two episodes. We'll uh, we'll get that full picture. Um, so first off, in in this third and final segment, your number forty one, Nathaniel Mendes Lane, said with such beautiful, delicious conviction by Rich. <laughs> Um, he was a player, interestingly, we did have, um, you know, we did have a mark for him at the half-time point because he was yes, he was just about getting started at that point, right? So that was interesting. Yeah, he'd, he'd been sort of hiding, uh, sort of skulking around the training ground like a sort of mm-hmm. creepy ghost um, from, since the season started. And then eventually we kind of half-heartedly decided to... Give throw a, a contract at him, which apparently at one point was for was genuinely for about fourteen days. <laughs> we seemed to like he played, he looked all right, and then they're like, "Ah, oh, do you know what his contract's finishing tomorrow?" Uh, <laughs> so goodness knows what was going on there. That's really non-committal, even for for Wednesday, famous for their lack of commitment to uh, and faith in players. Well, so what did we give him at the the halfway mark? He got a whopping C plus. A whopping C plus. Mm. And I think like he had like a couple of nice cameos at the time back then. I, f- I think we still fought the same kind of overall now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like since then, I think since we did that, I think it was around January, we had like there was at least one absolutely blistering performance from him. Mm. I do recall that was kind of around the hilariously like. When he scored, he perfected the Harris, didn't he? And I can't, I can't quite remember when that happened now. He did indeed perfect the Harris, as I think we said on a previous occasion. Um, you know, but again, that, that that kind of performance and the other stuff is all kind of really a bit minimal. Um, I'm wondering... <laughs> oh, I made a funny note saying that maybe it'll grade him to a C, but actually that's actually now a downgrade in terms oh. of his ranking. Um, oh, Maybe do we? I I think maybe I I'm going to be generous and give him a B minus. 
I think. Okay. It's close, yeah, though. It could still be a C plus, maybe. Yeah, it's interesting. So he, the, in terms of the two, so which which I'm, I'm now struck. I don't know which game it was where he did complete the uh, or he perfected the the Harris, but he scored in the four two win at home against Plymouth, and also in the two nil win at home against Morecambe. But I, I think it must have been the Plymouth one where he got the scored that particular goal. Mm. But I, yeah, I, I think the tricky thing for him has been. Particularly since, so he got it. He came. He started to find a bit of form, then got injured. And by the time he came back from that injury, we had a quite a settled, at least a settled back eight or nine. Um, by that time, by the time he was sort of trying to squeeze his way back in, that's where we'd got the three at the back sorted. Johnson had made left wing back his own. Hunt had made right wing back his own, and. Uh, we had the three in midfield, the Bannon, Byers and Luongo. And then up top, it was Gregory and somebody. And so that really only left... It either meant we were harming ourselves by taking out Johnson or Hunt, and it tended to be Hunt, or we were kind of playing him massively out of position by playing him up top with Gregory, which had some positive benefits to it, but didn't never felt like it truly was comfortable for him or the team. And I think, unfortunately for him, his best position is left wing back, but he's not the mm-hmm. best left wing back in the club. Mm-hmm. So it leaves him in a pretty bit of a tricky position. And looking forward to next season, he's another person whose contract is up. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to next season, he's sort of like, well, do you want him as a squad player, a guy that to have around? I never really liked him at right wing back. I don't think it ever worked particularly well. I don't think he's got, he's not a great crosser of the ball. Um, It's more about causing chaos. And I think the chaos of cutting in on his right and playing with the dual threat of I could pass this ball or I could shoot works best for him. And he loses that on the right hand side because it's just like, well, just push him, just keep him on his right foot and he won't be able to really produce a cross very well because he's not very good at that. Mm. He's harder to defend on the left because he's a bit more unpredictable. Mm-hmm. But as we've touched on, Marvin, Marvin Johnson is really, really good there, really good at crossing. And yeah. I wouldn't want to drop him for Mendes Lang. I don't think I don't think that's a sensible thing to do. Um, so B minus, B minus feels fair. Mm. I wouldn't be upset if we sign him up for another year. I, I no, but I, but I think almost on the edge, I'm not really upset if he's gone, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, you know. Um, next up, another f- favorite favorite son of different gravy. Um, we love him as if we'd produced him from our own loins, Luke. It's number two, Liam Palmer. <laughs> oh, good stuff, Liam Palmer. Uh, I gave him an A minus at the halfway mark. I I think I might have slowly overegged him at that at that point, but mm. I definitely think he's shone a lot for his dependability. And adaptability during a period where I've definitely underserved the defensive ranks. I want to say, yes. you know, that that recruitment and what kind of happened was was scandalous, and I, I really hope we don't have to see that again from a Wednesday perspective. Knowing that we've got into the season with the focus that we have in this, you know, back three turning to back five. I'm not entirely sure what we've done without Liam Palmer this season. Just incredibly dependable, seemingly always fit, more than competence level. I'm really happy he's here for at least another year. I'm I'm not sure if at that back three there is an automatic first name on the team sheet for the Worksop Express. No, 
But it's definitely a squad and you can fill in and very competently, I must say. Yeah. But I'm also more more unhappy if he does have part in the more settled defence. Maybe the 2022-23 season has a space for a free partnership with Liam Minnett if we can get the right personnel around him to say fit. It's a good call. Yeah. Mm. Obviously, he's done pretty well in the right wing back berth as well, you know, including becoming a roving goal threat now. So he's adding dimensions to his game at his age, which is really incredible. I think he's unfortunately missed out a few more times for having more natural players in his position, but he's done excellently considering him and the situation around him. I'm still going to settle for an A- minus overall for Liam Palmer. So that's a nice uh, nice spot to end up. Mm. Um, yeah, I think overall that's fair. I, obviously, he's another one that, depending on where you apportion blame, he probably should have done better with the last... Mm. Goal that we conceded this season in the in the playoff. But, but obviously so, there was a caveat that he wasn't getting he wasn't yeah, he prepared enough for that situation. Cold in the middle yeah. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think I think it's been. I mean, it's incredible how versatile he is and how how well he plays in all those different positions. Because he's also played left wing back at times uh, and not looked terrible there either. Um, so he's he's pretty much covered every position across that back five uh, and. And always done it with a layer, of, a level of competence and confidence. Um, yeah, I'm glad we've got another year, of, at least, of, of Liam Palmer. And um, I can't help but be proud of the young man he's flourished into. Uh, yeah, well done, well, well done again, mm. Liam. Uh, we look forward to another another year of, as you say, the workshop express doing this thing. I mean, it's it's like Rich and I are both fathers, and we're there at his graduation every year, so. Expect a, a creepy and awkward picture with Rich and I putting putting our hands on his shoulders. <laughs> and we're nudists. Um, <laughs> that's just the extra little de- detail to add to the creepiness. We're, we're, <laughs> we're a couple of nudists and we insist on <laughs> resting our rights at the graduation. <laughs> uh, number 13 is unlucky for some. Has it been unlucky for Callum Patterson? Callum Thomas Owen Patterson. <laughs> Can you guess what we gave him at the midway mark? Actually, here, Rich. So here's a. This is just to bring this element back in. I don't know how surprising it is, but I think maybe it's. It also tells this a little story difficult. as well. Yeah. This is difficult. Hmm. Uh, so again, I'm thinking around that time. I think probably sort of. I think it was probably kind of December time that we beat Wigan. Mm-hmm. Might be wrong in that. Mm-hmm. Which was a shining moment for him. It really looked like he mm-hmm. kind of turned the corner. So I think it would have been quite positive. I'm going to say B minus. B, yeah, B minus. I went for a B plus at the midway mark. B plus, okay. You know, and I wonder if that was a decent mark considering he had a much stronger first half of the season than he did the second half of the season. Yeah. The general dilemma with seeing where he can apply his traits in the team that has players with defined roles is the biggest one, though. The greatest sin that Callum Thomas Owen Patterson could commit was not being Stephen Fletcher. That was the sins of his past, but unfortunately it still lives on in the third tier. A level he should be performing better in. A charming misfit, but what do we do with a repeat offender? How do we rehabilitate the sinner? Unfortunately, fortunately for him, and unfortunately for us, we have another year to figure it out. C+. Yeah, that's that's the bit of news we've had this week, isn't it? Is that he? Well, not this week. By the time you listen to this, but um, 
<laughs> we know that Pat, Callum Patterson is going to be with us for another another season. Mm. Um, seems to have triggered some sort of clause. Um, possibly reading between the lines, maybe not the club's first choice to have another year of Callum Patterson, but uh, he's got the ability within that that contract to to take up another year, and uh, he's he's asserted that right, which is fair enough. Mm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. He's had a real hodgepodge of a season. He's so I I was wrong. That Wigan game was back in September, so I was wrong that that wow. was wow. So he scored that far against, back. Yeah, he scored against Wigan. He scored in the loss to Oxford. He then, so that was second of October. He then didn't score again until the nineteenth of February. So he had pretty much the whole of October, November, December, January, and and a good old chunk of Feb without scoring. To go five months of the season without scoring as a person who primarily plays as a striker is. <laughs> Pretty shocking. Yeah. But then he went on a bit of a purple patch. He scored three matches running against Donny, Charlton and Burn. He had a he then scored uh, he scored against Accrington in the one one draw at Hillsborough. Um and then that was it. That was his goal scoring for the season up in uh, in the on the fifteenth of March. So again he's had he's had um, another couple of months off scoring. Like a like a bad addict trying to give up goals. He <laughs> He binges and then gives up for months at a time. Um, <laughs> I guess he. I guess he must have given up uh, goal scoring for Lent. I guess to keep that. Christian yeah, yeah, going. yeah. Oh dear. So where do we end up score wise for Patterson? I gave Patterson a C plus. I think that's fair. It's again, it's harsh but fair. You have to be. You have to be. Uh, we're, you know, we're cruel to the ones we love because we we know that they're capable of better. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. with Patterson, it's just this should have been a 10, 12, 15 goal season. He's definitely, good I, I think that. I definitely think twelve goals. Yeah, you know, and probably a bit more consistent, and maybe kind of mucked in with a bit more up top as well. I'd probably say it's pretty shocking to have played in forty games, forty league games, plus another five cup games, and he's only got six six goals out of forty five games. Is terrible. Spade. A really bad goal return. Mm. Um, next up, we've got our number one. Number one with a bullet is Bailey Peacock Farrell. The glint in his mother's eye, the mm. stir in his father's pants. Young Bailey <laughs> carrying forth the bloodline of the Peacock Farrells, the, pr- the brave, proud bloodline of the Peacock Farrells. What did you think we gave... Peacock Farrell at the halfway mark. Ooh, ooh. Hmm. I think we've always been pretty pro pro Bailey. Pro Bailey. We've always been pretty pro Bailey. We're for fox hunting and we're for Bailey Peacock Farrell doing his thing in the goal with those lovely gloves. Um, so I, I think we possibly would have given him a, a B plus or something, or maybe an A minus. We did give him an A minus, yeah, A minus, yeah. And I think that was interesting because going back to that and remembering at the time, you know, there was some, uh, there was some kind of birthing pains. He had his Plymouth wobble, didn't he? He had his Plymouth wobble, yeah. And you know, I think he had some quibbles about some of his boo boos at that point. Um. <laughs> I think it was harsh at the beginning, I mean, but I saw our perspective that he did have those clanger moments. 
I think goalkeeping is such an interesting position in debacle because you want the strongest option to be in the sticks of all the ones that you have available to be there and to be there to make the difference. But you never want that to be fully tested. Um, Yeah, that's a good point. And I think the interesting thing, I think he's been tested a bit more than we wanted. And that's Mm. not to discredit him as goalkeeping prowess, but that's more of a failing of a rotating and sometimes shonky back three combination. Yeah. Young Bailey has been a rather excellent goalkeeping loan. I'm a bit (laughs) staggered he didn't get top goalkeeper in the division, considering I haven't had my socks blown off by the fapping over Bazuno, nor did I see much special in Plymouth's keeper. No. A position we needed to get right, and I think we did that with flying colours. I'm sad to think he won't be back, and big shoes to fill for next season for the number one slot. He gets an A. He gets an A. Wholeheartedly agree. Um... He 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 had a he's had he had a wobble, but it was a pretty small wobble. Let's be fair. Yeah, I know. Yeah, scale of things. Mm. Um, I I don't know. I do despair at times. I don't want to say that I I don't I can't I don't make any claims to be any wonderful authority on things, but I don't know. Just I see people just like criticizing his kicking, but at the same time saying, "Oh, I." prefer Dawson or or I'd just as soon have Dawson or Wildsmith in and it's like mm, have you no. seen their kicking? Have you seen it? Mm. There's no we we could not have played how we played this. We can't play if if next season Cameron Dawson is our goalkeeper, we can't play how we played this season. It we will give up goal after goal after goal, passing it round the back. Mm. He's very good with the ball at his feet. His distribution is very good. He is very good at disguising the pe- the power of his kicks out, so the opposition doesn't know if he's going to do a short pass, a medium length pass, or just hit it long. He, we've we've been spoiled by how good he is, really. And I, I think next season we'll be looking to get anybody even kind of close to 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 his prowess mm. and lord of mercy if if it ends up being dawson again we might as well just give up now with we're in league one if it's cameron dawson again it's done <laughs> the goose is cooked before we even start <laughs> um yeah but i yeah i i yeah, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed his time with us. Fifteen clean sheets with a kind of ever changing. I mean, we talked about how many different variations we've had in that back five. Or pretty much every every possible combination and some impossible combinations have played mm. in front of Bailey Peacock Farrell this season. And throughout, he's been remarkably consistent uh, yeah. in, in, in yeah. what he's done. So yeah, an A, um, a well earned A. And uh, thank you so much for your. Your efforts, young Bailey. You you've really, um, you've certainly not tarnished that lovely family name of yours. Um, I love the fact that he's, he's, he's just making life. me think, Rich. I'd love to see a Phil, a, a very kind of um, slightly changed, maybe English kind of update of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> um, but it's 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 called Bailey gets an A. <laughs> I don't know how I did it. I had all these hijinks, but I somehow got an A. <laughs> oh, lovely stuff. I also love the fact that we've through consistently throughout the season done this very silly posh voice for him when he's from Darlington. <laughs> <laughs> 
it is something like, especially now, I think I had images of people listening to this being like talking to the talking to people about the podcast and being like, I don't know why they do this weird posh thing with Bailey Peacock Farrell. It's become an in joke and it's not really that funny. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. They, they seem to be really amused by themselves a lot, but I mean, that's sometimes I kind of agree that sometimes they're kind of humorous, but I don't, this just feels like they're both just, just humorously, humor, humorously diddling themselves. On the podcast. Oh, speaking of humorously diddling oneself. Can, can I just Number say, seven, I just... follow me, Nisha Depot. The diddle <laughs> on, on... king. On Bailey gets an A, I really want to see the bit where, you know, when Ferris Bueller's day off, he runs through the, he's running back through the fields. Yeah. And then it's a hilarious little bit where he runs past like some young, young lady sunbathing, comes out and goes, Ferris. So just the same, same scene, just Bailey comes out. Bailey. Bailey. <laughs> 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 I'm putting the peacock, I'm putting the cock in Peacock Farrell. So was it was it best hippo in show? Best hippo in show, show hippo, show depo. What's what's Mister Shadipo's full name? Because uh, it's it? it's all the Mide, isn't it? So they call him Mide for short, right? That's his. Yeah, let's have a look at this title. That uh... oh oh, it's going to be problematic. <laughs> Everybody, bite your fist. <laughs> so Olamide. Yeah, we've got that one. Yeah, Olu Watimile Han Babatunde Olawaka Shadipo Babatunde. That's a Babatunde's nice, isn't it? It's beautiful. That's a quality. You know, I used to love um, Pro Evo Tijiani Babangida was always a yeah, Tijiani Babangida on one wing and uh, Dennis Ramadal on the other. Ah, oh, tear teams to shreds. Ramadal was good. Yeah. Uh, I, I used to like the fictional player Aji Pakarani. Nice. He was a bit of che- a bit of cheap pace. You could get in, uh, you know. You're just dicking around, waiting for that first transfer window to get like a pacey, pacey striker up top. I was um, I was looking through. There was an article. I was actually looking at today. There was an article of like um, the most like overblown, um, the most overblown championship manager like signings. Mm. Um, so like Freddie Adu and people like that mm. and um, they got to Cherno Samba and Cherno there was an interview Samba, with yeah. Cherno Samba and he was like yeah I think they pretty much got the stats right <laughs> <laughs> very good very good so I mean I used to like uh, Chapman 93 I used to like Steve Haywood in the middle of the park from Derby oh, County yeah? yeah he was really good Sh- Shadipo actually born in Ireland by the way he is, or, or are you asking if he is? Well, born in County Kildare, Ireland. Wow. Because I know it like comes up and you're like, oh, is, is that is that the Ivory Coast flag? And it's like, no, yeah, no. Oh, it's Ireland. I'm like, oh, that's strange. <laughs> okay. Um, Shadipo got a D in the halftime reports. Um, no improvement from there at all. I said I hoped he would get a better second half of the season, and he let me down massively. I gave him faith, and he was just all over, all round terrible as a player. A busted flush as a player. Sad time for his future career. I've downgraded him to an E+. King of most disappointing signings. Supposedly he is in negotiations about his contract at uh, QPR. What What for? What are they seeing? I don't know. He's 24 now. 
He'll be 25 by the time next season rolls around. Mm. This is not a young whippersnapper. No. With bags of potential. This is it. He's got bags of something. Yeah. Saddlebags full of it. (laughs) (laughs) He is woeful. Have you gone gone down from the D? Yeah, I gave him an E+. Yeah. I mean, he had one game. He had a game where he scored a No. One game he scored a goal, and there's another game he should have scored. He did score, but it was offside. This is all he ruled out. It was a wrong call, yeah. very, very bad. Yeah, call. it was a bad call. Yeah, that's a that's a we talked about. Um, you know, Ming the Merciless and his multiverse of madness or whatever. It's <laughs> um, uh, that's one. Yeah, Shakespearean actors waving point for two hours. That's uh, another. Yeah. Um, that is his kind of like what might have been moment is if that goal had stood, maybe he would have gone on to been half decent for us. <laughs> attained attained a C plus. Who knows? <laughs> Moved it up to a D. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's amazing again, he's another one like uh like Brown. He got goals in this division last season. Mm. Uh, yeah, he played well, for Oxford, he got, got ten 14. goals. Did he get four? He got fourteen. He got 13 in the season, so he's got, yeah, he must have got three in the silly cup for them. Mm. Um, it's insane. But he, I mean, he did not, he barely, barely looked like a footballer in his time with us. Yeah. Really, really poor. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I go, I go along with your rating and, uh, I, uh, you know, cheerio, Alameda. Hopefully we, uh, we'll never see you again. He went to Hillsborough and he got the big D, didn't he? <laughs> Um, another another contentious figure. So, interesting. Uh, Shadipo seven starts in the league, eight off the bench. Uh, Se- seven so, was seven was a squad number, wasn't it? <laughs> seven, yeah, seven starts. Seven, seven was his squad I'll, number. I'll I'll take I'll take squad number seven, please, Darren, because that's how many times you'll see me start the season. <laughs> um, a similar number of appearances, but a better goal return. Was number forty Silla Sal. Silla Sal, the Dutch wing maestro, bringing back memories of Reggie Blinker. What do you What do you think we gave him at the um, the midterm report, Rich? D. We gave him a C. Okay. So Silla Sal, uh, just another latter string Wednesday forward who came and went. Actually, no. Yeah. Hilariously, I think he's still here next season. Really? I. I think maybe he is. I think he signed to. I thought I saw someone saying he signed for two years. I, th- uh, I thought he was alone. Rich is incredulous at this. I think nothing is actually a proper signing. Oh my goodness, what? Canberry was a loan signing, right? So yeah, gone, yeah. You know. But there's a weird mix of those. There's a weird mix of players. You like is that loan? Like no, he's actually ours. Like George Byers. A lot of people thought Byers was alone, but Byers was signing. Thankfully, oh, yeah. Just we just signed him. We just signed him. Spoke. Permanent contract subject to international clearance. Rich's uh, Rich's reaction was very Woody Allen like then. We, we just we just signed him. We just uh, I, we just signed him. I'm in <laughs> love with you. Um, <laughs> uh, interesting, interesting. There's another year of uh, yeah, so. Well, it was really interesting, to, especially when well, we we talked about him at the midway mark because it, there was like a lot of rumours that he was going to be off and. I think he was upset with not getting enough game time here and it, it's just a strange one like I, I, I 
he's he's overall just a bit strange. Really, I think probably again probably part of our positivity was he was someone who did well in the in the pizza the pizza trophy. He played four times and got two goals in the in the silly cup. Mm. Uh, he, he didn't just get one slice of the action. He got no. He had multiple slices of the action. He was really wanting to get that free kit that um, <laughs> Jimmy Bullard. Jimmy Bullard uh, advertises in the most disgustingly annoying way possible. I mean, ah, uh, uh, that's one thing we we can not hopefully wave truly wave goodbye to this season is that annoying advert of him pulling his shorts up too high and doing some sort of gesture. Oh, just consistently made me want to vomit in my mouth. <laughs> Every half time, they're gonna they're gonna perfect on it next time next year by Jimmy Bullard, uh, play uh, pulling his shorts way up to there, and then just in a baby voice going, "I'm playing with my riddle nipples," <laughs> <laughs> just losing. I put my shorts up and it feels feels my my winky. Buy, buy your pizza, please. Oh, buy a pizza from my wiggle baby weenie. <laughs> Give me Bullard. <laughs> the bulldog, everybody. The bulldog. Oh, so a uh, still a cell. Yeah. Still a cell. That's pizza, what we were talking pizza about. Pizza cup right? success. Uh, two league goals as well, by the way. Two cup, two, two uh, silly cup goals, two league goals. Two league goals. Who did he score in the league goals against? Oh, now you're asking. Oh, now you're asking. Now you're asking, aren't you? You'd have to ask, wouldn't you? Vamp, do something, Luke. I'm looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> he scored in the 4-2 win against Plymouth, which I believe is the game. That's the good game that him and Canberry had. It wasn't uh, It wasn't a, a silly cup game. The, Canberry and him were partners when we beat Plymouth at home, 4-2. Like some delicious eighties or uh, buddy or cop maybe it duo. was or maybe it was Gregory and so because I've just looked that up. So, <laughs> um, well, that was good. Yeah, I mean that that kind of makes sense. I mean that was the thing with so is like I uh, I wondered if like he's got a bit of he's got a bit of pace about him, hasn't he? I think I believe from when I can yeah, remember seeing much him play. He also scored in the two 0 win away at Burton. Nice. Good in the eighty first minute to kind of make sure for us. Yeah, he was a sub appearance, I think, wasn't it? I think I think I'm yeah. You know, I, I, but again, like it's it's just like the world of Canberry. I, you know, I'm not I'm not gutted he's around next year. No, I, but you know, we're, we're going to need someone to kind of fill out those ranks of like the the latter string of Wednesday forwards. And I mean, they're usually like a bit of a gamble, and they're usually kind of like they are kind of okay. I'm like, oh no, like I. Just, I what will be interesting this, and we don't want to step on the toes of our, we've got to, we will do an episode where we look forward to next season. Mm. But what will be interesting is how much was our, our recruitment in the summer affected by the embargo? Because by all accounts, we basically just couldn't spend anything. So we couldn't do loan fees. We couldn't do, um, we couldn't pay fees for players. So we were left with free transfers. And I don't know whether we were even allowed to play, pay like, signing on fees I think we might not have been allowed to do that either so you're looking at players that would come for a certain wage Mm. loan players that we could get for no cost at all or just or just their wages um so that's quite a 
it's quite a reduced pool to fish in. Yeah. But Shadipo and So are both victims of the fact that we we signed loads of wingers and then never played wingers. We signed loads of wingers and then played wing backs. And luckily, mm. one of those wingers was really good at being a wing back in Johnson. Um, but it meant there wasn't really a place for some of these players that we signed. Yeah. Orbino being one of them, it wasn't a natural thing for him to be a wing back. Um, so and and Shadipo, I mean, Shadipo looked terrible when he put, when he's been asked to play wing back. Um, the few, the few the few times it happened, so it's tricky for So. He ended up being another person that we just stuck up front, and he does seem to have a bit of an eye for goal. Mm. To be fair to him, mm-hmm. I ended up with he's still got a C. I think. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Maybe could maybe be a C plus. I don't know. Yeah. He's maybe a little bit unlucky to have played as little as he did, I think. Because, mm. um, again, we talked about some players get endless opportunities, some players get one or two and then seem to get put at the back of the back of the cupboard and forgotten about for months and months on end. And he seemed to be, unluckily, mm. one of the back-of-the-cupboard boys rather than a regular rotation toy. Um, shall we move on to Jordan's story? Jordan story. Number 38. Chris Isaac's classic burning song of yearning is Wicked Game, where he passionately frolics semi-nakedly with Danish bombshell Helena Christensen in artful black and white visuals. (laughs) He sings in the second line that strange what desire will make foolish people do. And somehow unrequited love is similar to Darren Moore's unrequited need for a steady centre-back and rock up on some failed and fatal affair with a strapping lad found in the bins outside Preston North End. <laughs> Stories had moments, but none that fully convinces that we have found some great saviour for our needs. Harsh that he's looked solidish at times and has been a goal threat, even garring a rare and late Luke Mauam call. But his final disappointment speaks volumes in his crowning of a poo against Sunderland, marking him out to be not just quite good enough in the areas we need. Michael Stipe has sang that a simple prop has occupied my time, and I cannot legitimately think of him as anything else. <laughs> At least Kim Cattrall was a bang- bangable mannequin. <laughs> oh, another, you know, uh, John's story from, from Preston, vicinity of uh, Merseyside, Kim Cattrall, a, a scouser herself. So uh, there we go. It's all comes these full, things are full all, They're all linked. They all tie in. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've said a lot about Jordan's story, but uh, yeah, I... I, I, I go along with your your rating. I think there's positions where you can flatter to deceive. I think wingers are allowed to flatter to deceive. Uh, strikers who score goals are allowed to flatter to deceive. They're allowed to pretend they're doing work that they're not doing because there's less um, comeuppance to them getting found out. You can't do that at centre-back. And it, it, Jordan's story has been the... He's the calm duck above water, but he's not bothering to do the leg stuff underneath. Uh, he's skipping. He's the duck skipping leg day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so just more often than not, looks like he's sort of aimlessly floating when push comes to shove. Uh, yeah, I really hope, I hope we don't see him again. Uh, I do believe he's not really not wanted at, at Preston. Um, Ryan Lowe is is uh, looking to get rid of quite a lot of players, I believe, mm. at Preston, and he might be one of the ones that's on the, on the chopping board. But I, yeah, I, without him, 
we've seen players improve. So maybe there's something, Darren Moore's played him a lot. They, they picked him out. Maybe they see something in him that I can't see in terms of that, that potential because I'm just watching what I see on the pitch um, week to week. If they think with a with a good preseason and bulking up a bit that there's a player there, maybe there is um, because we've been proven we've been surprised by players this season before. So I, I can leave the, that as a realm of possibility. But as it stands, no, thank you. Um, just we just need some blood and thunder League One defenders. We don't need another kind of big time Charlie. My my little show pony. My Little Show Pony, exactly. <laughs> um, so we, we uh, this brings us to Liam Waldock, who played, he started one game in the in the Silly Cup in the Pizza Trophy, and is now no longer part of uh, the under twenty threes. He has been told he has his marching papers. Uh, anything to say on on number twenty seven, Liam Waldock? See it half time. See it full time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he looked like a body, a person with a body, didn't he? He did. He did. I remember that. I think that's what I said to you. I think. I think I sent you, you a text and said, "Have you seen? Have you, have you seen that Walcott Waldock? He's he's not just a flowing head." He said. <laughs> Unlike most of these schlobs, he's got a body under his under his head. Under his floating head. <laughs> Um, it's a bit of a funny end to things here. So we go mm. on to number 28. Um, played four games in the Silly Cup, one game in the FA Cup, and three league matches uh, when young Bailey was away doing his duty for the boys from Northern Ireland. Um, Joe Wildsmith, top 40 Joe. Uh, the halfway report mark was an F. And I think he's retained that. He's poor and he's mm. dire. Um, we need rid of him. Um, I also nearly got frustrated for a second because I was reading an article that uh, Dom Housen was writing. <laughs> and he actually said I f- it's it's unlikely that Joe Wildsmith will be extending his time at Sheffield Wednesday. But I misread that as it's likely that Joe Wildsmith will be extending his oh, right. time. Oh, and I... Oh, Ooh, I, I, I think and being there's... a typical Twitter user, Luke, you'd angrily threatened Dom Housen and all of his lineage with, uh, you know, death and whatever else before you realised your mistake. Not on this occasion, no. Oh, no. okay. I, I did hear about Alex, Alex Miller had a drunken person, you know, tell tell him that him and the rest of the people at the Star were all shit or something along those lines. Oh dear, oh dear. Mm. I, I don't. I, I feel like. Now, <laughs> I don't like it when people call each other melts. I think that's that's a, no, that's not very good. It's 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 a bad, <laughs> it's a bad insult. <laughs> it's a it's a Cockney Sparrow sort of thing as well, isn't it? It's a, oh. it's a uh, it feels very. Um, oh no, I've forgotten his name. Guy Ritchie feels very Guy Ritchie to call someone a melt. Oh, I don't like it. It's crap. I don't think Alex Miller did that, but it, it was. I don't know. Maybe I kind of associate with someone else calling someone a melt. Anyway, I there's a whole <sighs> genre of things just to kind of um, have mm. a have a uh, a silly a silly divergence here. There's a whole genre of things I just hate because I, I maybe because I'm old now. I hate limbs. Oh, look at that! It's absolute limbs. I hate that. Yeah, hate that's crap. That. That's crap. Uh, melt is annoying. 
Mm. I don't understand why people love that Barry Hearn or Barry Horn guy, the 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 boxing guy. Grow up. Oh, he's he's like um, it's like if Danny Dyer was a boxing promoter type thing. Yeah, I don't yeah. Get, don't understand any of that. How do you feel about Danny Dyer? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, thank you. <laughs> Laughable. <laughs> Laughable wide boy, pretend wide boy. Um, anyway, there we go. That's that's my little rant for a thing. But there's there's just a whole feels. Oh, the, uh, did you have the feels? No, grow up. I've, not I've seen people recently use the term about getting filled in, um, oh. which is kind of problematic. Do you know that's that's quite old? That filled in, really? Well, it's in um, it's in the wonderful shipbuilding by Elvis Costello. Don't, don't know it. Sorry, man. What? <laughs> that's what the next episode is: is me just playing shipbuilding again and again and again to you. He did two two songs that were very much um, jibes at Maggie Thatcher, and one of them was very on the nose, which is called Tramp the Dirt Down, which is basically about tramping the dirt down on her grave, living long enough till she dies, and then tramping the dirt down on her grave, uh, which is very on the nose. Nice. Uh, but shipbuilding is more about her celebrating the um, the Falklands War and kind of riding that to her to a election victory mm. uh, whilst people were dying um but uh, yeah i don't know what the i don't know what the what do they call it at the etymology there's something of it mm. the, where that comes from but I it's, think it's, the way it's I, to be kind of knocked out is mm. can sorry. i tell you if, if i like i think if there's one phrase which isn't just a small british english phrase used colloquially um, it, it's probably more North American, but I really want to change this because I think it's bad. Um, laying pipe? <laughs> yes. So, like, this is supposed to be apparently having, you know, uh, P in the V sex. Um, right. It sounds like more like taking a poo. Yes, it does. It, sound, it sounds too much like taking a poo. Like, it's... Well, it's cause lay, is laying cable poo? <laughs> I or guess is that so. the same thing? I've just noticed that apparently on Urban Dictionary, um, filled in is is in that genre as well, which I've not heard it in. Is that what you mean? Were meaning? Well, that's why when I first heard it, that's what I because I, it's like. See, I've on, I've heard filled in as getting knocked out, like oh somebody got filled in on a night out, like as in they got punched, they got knocked out. Which is what I think the context it was used. It was actually hilariously used recently. That came to my. It was Barry Bannon. Like, right. um, he was getting taunted by a Birmingham fan on Twitter. Right. Oh, they hate him so much. Yeah, so it was like, uh, someone made a, um, a, a, I don't know if it was, I don't know who made it. On, on the Wednesday fans, it was like Barry Bannon, like, cheering, and he's got a fist out. So they put, okay. like, a guitar and, like, a little, like, he's, you know, he's playing guitar and singing. Yeah. So then a Birmingham fan was like, this is really funny because we hate Barry Bannon. And then he says, "Aren't you? Aren't you getting filled in by your own fans?" Oh, right. So there was a bit of Twitter bants. Uh. I found it very like I. I know I support Wednesday, and there's a general mentality, and I think we even subscribe and even play up to a degree of being thought of in a very arrogant terms. I've been rather kind of uh, astonished at the level of um, Wednesday hating on on the on the socials. 
Well, I mean, you spend you spend a decade and change calling yourself massive and playing up to <laughs> to that I to the point so. where some fans don't seem to know that it's a it's a tongue in cheek thing, and uh, you know people start to take your your, your words. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> oh dear. Um, where were we? This was uh, Wildsmith. Yes, an mm. F. Yes, go mm. forth with your F, Joe, and um, multiply. Um, you probably have an okay. Career. He'll probably play in League Two and National League and be fine. Uh, I imagine. He's played quite a lot of league football for us. Way too. He really much has. Football. He really has. Um, that's the same thing with Dawson uh, that people sort of mm. talking about him coming back and being a change man it's like, but we've seen what it's like we had hundreds of games of these two they've both racked up m- masses of appearances for us we know what they're like we're not going to be surprised by them now I wouldn't have thought um, I'm just looking up the appearance record for Cameron Dawson now just to, just to be um, you know official about, about these things so Cameron Dawson has played 65 games for Wednesday, including two seasons where he played 20, 26 games and 24 games for us. So played a lot of football. Uh, Joe Wildsmith, similar number, 67 games. In, he, he played 26 games one season. He played 19 games another season. Yeah, just we've, done, we've tried it. We've done it. We've, we've, we've given them their shot. Hmm. Um, someone we didn't really see enough of to feel that they were given their shot in this league was our number 11, Josh Windass, Trumpy Bomb. Oh, wow. I completely forgot. I have done a rating for Windass, but I completely forgot that we had him to come. I just more jumping ahead to the last person who will be on our list. But anyway. Just staggering, by the way. Three starts, six substitute appearances, four goals. Four goals. That's insane. (sighs) Um, Half-time... I gave him a generous B plus from an impaired perspective on how he performed against a very difficult season for injuries for him. Still, his explosive cameos have made him there. We didn't get that same juice nor enough time to see him come back and establish himself. To be fair, no. Still gets a B plus, and hopefully, hopefully, there's more to come next season. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, his dad certainly thinks he's too good for this league. I think maybe we've seen some evidence that if he gets some games, that that may well be the case, but. The games is the big thing. He's missed a big, big chunk of two seasons in a row now. Yeah, uh, and he he can be too good for this league on paper, but uh, yeah, you know, yeah. We're, not, we're not playing this game on paper. I did notice. I mean, we saw enough. I think in that that game against Sunderland that his swimwear mod bod is uh, is enough to put him in the category of never getting any fouls against him, or very rarely getting fouls. Uh, sorry for him. Mm. Um, he seemed to be. Merrily thrown around by the the Sunderland back three to uh, to, to no no uh, no whistles from the ref. Um, so he's gonna he'll, he'll have to he'll have to get tough quick if he's gonna hang around in in League One for for any amount of time. Um, just a very stark what might have been. We saw so little of him. Yeah. I do think one of the things we will talk about uh, Mister Moore later, but. Did he need to play that game? That start that game in the silly cup where he got injured. Did he? Was that a sensible choice? I do not think so. Yeah. Um, we could have played one of those youngsters. We could have played Hagen. We could have played Adedoyan. We could, you know, we didn't need to. 
risk a guy just back from injury. And I don't understand why certain players don't get drip-fed on their way back and other players get thrown in straight away. Mm. Um, well, I suppose I do understand. It's just sheer desperation. But the fact you're desperate to see them should give you more pause to 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 blood them slowly back into things. But it doesn't seem to with Josh Windass, as evidenced by him starting that game when he clearly wasn't fit against Sunderland. Um, last one, last man in the squad, number 26, Lewis Wang. <laughs> Lewis Wang. Wang. He got an E at the, uh, at the halfway report. And uh, I'm going to say that's fair and deserved for neshing the challenge yeah. and jumping ship. And I'm actually going to downgrade him to a G. So. <laughs> Ain't nothing but a G thing. Just terrible. What a what a, a huge disappointment he was for us and Wickham. Um, bad, bad player, bad player, bad attitude, bad um, ability, poor at shooting, poor at passing, poor at tackling. <laughs> Really, yeah, should have been it should have been a home run signing, and was one of the worst ones we did. But at least we got at least we he disappeared at half the halfway point, and we let Byers shine, who's not only much much better but also our player. So uh, there we go. That's that's the squad, Luke. That's the squad. Yes, indeed. Any passing comments before we move on to the big man? Um. Well, I I guess there's something else. So uh, yeah, I'm going to do the. The Matt Rushmore of getting a bit better at football this season. Yes. The Luke's, the Luke's rebirth podium. The, at the, Mount, the, the Mount Olympics. Rushmore of getting a bit better at football. Love it. Um, but I'm curious, just to kind of, before we get on to that, we can have a little bit more fun. Who who do you think is the most disappointing signing? Is it Lewis Wing or is it Mide Shadipo? Ooh. With Mide Shadipo, we got to have the disappointment stretched out over the whole season. He was a gift that kept on failing to give. Mm. Um, in a, but Wing had the good grace to bugger off halfway through, having soiled soiled the sheets and uh, thoroughly made a mess of the place. Mm. Um, so maybe that makes him a better signing out of the two. <laughs> he didn't continue to cost us money whilst he sat on a treatment table and then was really disappointing. Yeah, I think Shadipo. I think I was more excited about Shadipo. Wing had hmm. kind of heard good things. I didn't really know what to expect. Shadipo, we thought we were getting this guy that was just going to bring goals and excitement to us. And what a woeful, woeful player he's been for us. Truly, hmm. truly terrible. Do we have a star pupil then? Do we? Who's going to... Um... Oh, that's a good thing. Um, oh, this is a tough one. I think it's Bannon. Yeah. Yeah. The apple of the teacher's eye. We buzz. We buzz. <laughs> he gets to take home the African snails this summer. Gets to look after the 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 this, this, the, uh, the class pet. Good stuff. Congrats, guys. <laughs> and coming up to the podium, number three with the bronze medal is Saido Berahino. Saido, lovely stuff. Coming in second the with the silver. national anthem that we're all familiar with is playing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> The dulcet tones. Who's who's taking up silver medal then, Luke? Silver medal. It's not the Burundi national anthem. It's the song "Salute" by Little Mix. Because it must be. It's Georgie Byers. Hey, salute. And that means the gold medal 
goes to Marvin Johnson. Ah, oh, marvelous uh, Marvin. We'll get in a song later. <laughs> Whatever he wants, because he got the gold medal. You got the gold, boy. What a yeah! What a turnaround from uh, mm. from all three. It's been lovely to see, lovely to see. But Marvin Johnson, right up there, right up there in terms of best crosses I've seen in uh, Wednesday shirt in quite quite some time. Mm. So the guy that got this band of brothers together, this merry crew, mm. the band leader, as it were, the big dog, the big dog, the big Dave. No, not that one. The other one. The squatting squad leader. <laughs> the, the squat Darren. leader. <laughs> Darren Moore. What do we, what do we, what's, how's he done? Did we give him a halftime score? I don't know if we did. I think we just kept it just to the players. I'm going to be honest with you. So... It was probably quite prescient of us to do that. Oh, Darren Moore. So yeah, no halftime score. Darren Mark Moore. Is his full name? Oh, Mark is his middle name. <clears throat> I guess three things I can think about. There's probably more things to think about here. Um, let's let's put the the let's put the chicken before the egg in this situation. Okay. Even though, yeah, that's that's blowing my mind again. Chicken, chicken before the egg. Anyway, in this occasion, which presumably is as a as a Christian, what he believes, right? Yeah. I guess so. God made the chicken, not the egg. That's the that's the creationist vision of things. <laughs> if, he, if he is a Christian, he's a creationist. I presume he is. We would just say he seems like of, seems like a of, young seems like a young Earth creationist. You just saying so many hateful things. <laughs> this is not hateful. There's no judgment here. It's just as valid as evolution, which is a theory, Luke. Actually. Okay, maybe... Scientists get things wrong all the time. Look at the vaccine. <laughs> Rich. Okay, let's let's talk about... Okay, I, I suggest we talk about three things. I, I want to talk about it in separate areas. And okay. Then if, I'm going to give you three things, and if you want to give me anything more, we can talk about... Okay. Let's do that. So first okay. of all, I, I think we're going to talk about recruitment, then we can talk mm-hmm. about lineups, and then we can talk about subs. Okay. Is there anything else you want to add to this so we can go through this list? No, I think that's good. I think that's good. I think he needs a multifaceted approach to look at Darren. Okay. Moore. So recruitment. Um, we don't know. We never know how much is going to ever be um, fully purest that he can do. He's clearly had some limitations on him. Yeah. Um, there is still, unfortunately, a bit of a misgiving from that defensive picture considering he wanted to run with an idea of a team. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, also, there are some sins of that past recruitment because, hey, we've still got a lot of professional football players who are varying shades of injury-prone and varying shades of unfit. Yeah, yeah. So that does kind of make the picture up. Um, saying that, like, it's been really impressive what he's built. Yeah. The connections he has in the game, the players he's brought in, even the ones that we that didn't work, the Shadipo... The the Lewis Wang, yeah. um, really good Should've signings been. should have yeah. been good like good signings. So things can sometimes not work out. I yeah. don't think he's that he's not to blame at all for that. No. Very good signings. Um, that connection with Wolves brought in Corbino. Um, the hilarity that seemingly he went for more game time at MK Dons and uh, 
that was funny when he didn't get enough game time at, at MK Dons. <laughs> that was really funny. That was very, very funny. It was hilarious, in fact. Um, and yeah, and that kind of connection, that kind of bond with young players and the fact that people are coming in, you have mentioned that that kind of Christian angle, which uh, seems to get a bit of a publicity and uh, bringing <laughs> some players into the club. It's really impressive, the players we brought in. Like, And I I feel like a good chunk of that has to be deserved and given to, to Darren Moore. Yeah. yeah so I think, I think that has been great. Moving on from there, let's look at the lineups. Um, lineups have sometimes been a bit patchy. I, I think probably the truth is somewhere in between what we as fans feel and Darren Moore's protestations. Mm. I don't feel like it's e- at either of the polarities in there, but okay. it definitely exists somewhere in the muddy middle spectrum between yeah. those two points. Like, he has... I think it's been a bit frustrating, some of the tinkering at times. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he has sometimes had his hands tied in some regards, but... I would much rather see and try um, the best 11 until the best 11 fails. And our and best periods of form hmm. have borne that out, haven't they? Like our best periods of form have been a regular steady team hmm. by and large outside hmm. of one, maybe one or two shifts at most per game. In defense of Darren Moore, I do want to say like from a perspective, I would expect our second string to do better in this a little bit better in this league so i think sometimes i think he's been a little bit let down by that i do want to give him a bit of defense there um again we're going back to linking to the whole thing recruitment regarding lineup as well um in a weird way we probably got like some of our most settled back free when we kind of went with what was it like hutchinson palmer and johnson yeah which was kind of maddening and kind of didn't work at times but yeah I don't know if it hasn't worked as much as some of the other occasions. And we certainly yeah. got some attacking juice from that. Yeah. Um, it felt kind of madness for a while to not have those established wingback options until we've managed to be blessed with Hunt and yeah. Johnson, you know, and maybe a lesser note to Mendes Lang and Palmer for kind of deputizing in those roles as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's been good. Um, I'm glad he's kind of settled on, I guess also that 3-5-2 allows us that the, the middle of the pitch to have the midfield trio, yep. which, you know, we've definitely had places for prior to this, some of the shining nature of FDB's stint, Adoniran having a really good stint as well, yeah. right at the beginning, and then ending up with, you know, this emergence from nowhere of George Byers and Bannon and Luongo. Has just been fantastic. So there's a lot to be said about that. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe further questions about like it. It's been a weird workout with um, the striking too. But again, injuries and stuff. So a lot, I don't know how, yeah, much, a lot of don't know how much we can focus on that. Um, so that's largely pretty good. Um, subs subs haven't been very good by and large under Darren. Yeah, yeah. I think of the kind of the kind of trope criticisms of more that lack of that lack of uh, a plan B and inability to think on the hoof 
is probably the truest of of the lot of them. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's certain accusations that just don't ring true or a bit are overblown. But I think probably the one that kind of gets to the heart of the matter most consistently is is that one. I think mm-hmm. that's fair. I think maybe outside of this, and maybe kind of looking at more the kind of fuzzy category to kind of judge Darren Moore by is that I think he has in in a season where we thought that we might do well enough to turn all these things around and all the things that are against us from our kind of backing the relegation the financial implications put upon us um a big turnaround a big rehaul of the squad I think he's done pretty damn well um yeah. with with that kind of rebuild yeah. i know that kind of links to recruitments um but i i think there is some promise to kind of be shown and kind of put forward from there um and for a season where we thought like it's like hey if we if we do okay we could probably get playoffs and we achieve yeah. that we achieve that pretty handily yeah, in yeah. a ridiculously tough season yes like granted i think there's been a lot of situations we've played teams where like these are a bunch of cloggers and we should beat these beat these lower lower tier Chavas. Yes. But to come in and just be like, wow, like what like Plymouth missed out with like eighty points? Was that ridiculous? Yeah. Is that what they is that what it came up to in the end? In yeah. terms of the league? Um just incredible that, that we've managed to do that. And then I think the other thing is as well, so hmm. we didn't this could be a factor, but we're actually quite enjoyable to watch play. <laughs> like it's not been I think so often we've sacrificed, we've been like, okay, well, we'll put up with mind-numbing football for a little bit of stability previously mm. and then maybe success previous to that. But this has been exciting, front foot football by and large. We've, yeah. It's, it's been a joy to mm. go to Hillsborough. I think, I believe you actually meant Goldsboro, Rich. Goldsboro, sorry, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So a lot to be said about that second half kind of explosion of attacking style and coming yeah. into fruition and making, you know, Fortress Goldsboro, I guess. Yeah. I <laughs> um, it's, it's, uh, it's been a Gold- joy to... Goldsboro? No, sorry. Go <laughs> <laughs> but it, like, it's, it's been rare to have a season where it's been so beautiful to watch at home and we've had yeah. that goal outlay of 78 goals. is is really, really fantastic. Yeah. So a lot of kudos goes to there. I think there's some mix. There's some there's some blind spots. There's some there's some dark spots to uh, um, to to Darren Moore's kind of animal, I should say. Okay, yes. That he's built. Um, I think overall, I'm going for a B plus. Fair. I think fair. I think fair. I think I was. Do you know? I was. Uh, I, I was in the exact same mind uh, in terms of B plus. I think a qualified success is what this season has been. Um, it qualified in both ways. There's things that add to the achievement because it's not been easy in several on several fronts, but also um, it's hard to shake the knowledge, the feeling that one or two results going going better than they did, one or two decisions maybe being made quicker or something like that might have uh, might have seen us do even better, but. Um, no, I think he's done a great job in the circumstances. Um, I've, it's been lovely to be confident turning up to Hillsborough expecting results. Uh, that's not something we've had the benefit of being able to do very often as Wednesday fans. Um, if we were going to be good at, at one or the other, away or home, I'd certainly prefer 
being good at home. We had under Stuart Gray the opposite of that. That was um, it was a bit difficult to take as a fan that you you were in the midst of a successful season, but going to watch your team play every other week was miserable. <laughs> Um, this has been I, I, the, the waveform has not been bad by any stretch. I think we've always been top sort of ten uh, at the very least in terms of our waveform. But uh, but at home we've been we've been sensational and, and full of goals. Um, so yeah, well done, Darren Moore. I'm intrigued to see what this summer brings. We're going to dedicate a whole episode to speculating about that future, um, mm. what might be, what could be. Uh, but I think somebody sort of worked out on Alstor. We've already there's a team already. There's eleven players that met, that actually can play in a formation already. So it's just a case of what, how many of those, how many bits of that can we improve on, and what does our what does our first team look like next season is still very much up in the air. But we've got the bare bones of something which is not all, we've not always been able to say. Come the end of a season, there's been a lot of upheaval, a lot of re rejigs and uh resets as a as a Wednesday fan, but this will be considerable. I think we do need some we do need lots of players again. Uh but we're building on a base of something, which is nice. And hopefully building towards a style of football, a, a formation that works rather than kind of finding that out in the moment from trying to pick that out of the miasma of uh, players that we just sort of grabbed um, that, 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 that the summer kind of felt scattergun at times in that way. So yeah, well done Darren Moore. Thank you for a good season and onwards and upwards in terms of what, what's to come next. Indeed. Should we wrap this thing up Luke? Should we say cheerio? We should. It's been a, it's been a big stint. It's been a big, big long time, but it's, it's been a lot of fun to look back at this, uh, you know, fundamentally a little bit disappointing season but in other ways very successful and very fun season to watch let's be honest i don't know if i said yeah i don't know if i said this the last episode um well one i hate the playoffs i hate 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 the playoffs hate the playoffs hate the playoffs (laughs) um i don't just hate them because of our experiences of them I, i just hate i think i hate the idea of them i think it's i think it's um I think I think inherently they're they're a bad greedy idea from a bad greedy game. Mm. Uh, no, it's a good game. It's a good game, but run by bad greedy people. That's football's a good game inherently. The people who run it are bad and greedy, <laughs> um, and the playoffs are a, are a kind of symptom of that. Let's squeeze some more. Let's squeeze a last little bit of money out of this and do it at the expense of competition in a weird way, because. If we just finished the season fourth and the top three gone up, you'd go, that was a really good season we had. Mm. We'll go one better next year. But because we had the playoffs, it's like, oh, no, you're losers. You're, ba- you're losers. You've lost the thing. You didn't even get to the real game of the playoffs. And we shouldn't feel as bad as we do off the back of it. This should be a good season. We were, we were one space away from the really important space mm. uh, in terms of going up. Um, and MK Dons and ourselves can rightly feel a bit ticked off at this whole playoff thing. <laughs> and potentially one of Sunderland or uh, Wickham. Yeah, yeah. Which will all be but either way they comes win, out. because they didn't yeah. do well enough in the season, and they're going to get one of them's going to get promoted. One of them's going to get the payday of a final, but neither of them did well enough to get that in the league proper. 
40, they had 46 games to do what they needed to do. They just didn't do it. Yeah. But, they, but I mean, it, it makes, it makes a bit of lottery and excitement of being I'm, within that area, to be fair. I appreciate that. But it's mm. also like, it's like, here's a whole comp- competition and then here's the extra bit. Um, so, I hate, yeah, I hate the playoffs. I think if we had just finished the season fourth and not had the playoff shindig, I think we'd look on it with much more positively than we have. And it shouldn't make a difference that we didn't win that game and didn't didn't do the, you know, we were so, 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 so close to beating Sunderland over two legs. It was such a close game. If we, if MK Dons had got through, that's a team we've beaten home and away previously. Wickham would have been a more of a challenge, but, you know, it just, it puts a pall on things that don't, doesn't feel fair. Fourth is really good. And let's try and remember that fourth is really good. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. That's my message. If I can leave you with one thing, it's that fourth out of 24 teams is really rather good. Thank you very much. Well done, Darren Moore. Thank you to the good players. Cheerio to the rubbish players. And cheerio for this week to you, Luke, and the folks listening at home. Thanks, Rich. Have a good everyone. Up, 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 up